Welcome to the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast. My name is Alyn Bailey, and along with my co-host, Tracy Parsons, we're here to talk all things recruitment marketing. We want to have an honest and open conversation about what it's going to take to innovate in talent acquisition. If you're interested and want to join the dialogue, sit down, buckle up, pour yourself a cocktail, and let's chat. Well, hello, Miss Tracy. How are you today? Um, it's freezing, and uh, so freezing is upon us. And I am, but I am cozy under a little blankie at my desk, um, and I am delighted to report that I have discovered the thing called a heated mouse and a heated keyboard. So I'm what? going to be able to, oh yeah. Well, I, I got a heated coat, but I I determined that I needed a heated mouse and a heated keyboard. So I'm going to be able to survive winter this year. Are there those things? It's all true. It's all true. Thanks. Yep. Okay. You're going to have to add that into like the note someplace because I need to know what those are because that's pretty yep. cool. I will, I will send you the link to the uh, heated coat, which changed my life. And then uh, Steve discovered the um, the keyboard and mouse that we that ordered. And then the keyboard and mouse. I had no I had no clue. This is well, okay. Yeah. That's because yeah. I love the whole reason I love driving in the winter is because my car has heated seats. It's the only, it's like I have to, and my, I have a heated blanket. I have like, yeah, I like heated items in the winter. So I'm very, do you have a heated steering wheel? Cause that is game changing. As I well. do. Uh, absolutely. It is. It's like the best mm-hmm. thing ever. And in the new car, because we, my daughter spoiled, she can put on the heated seats in the back seat now. Same so she gets really mad. Yeah, yeah. So she gets really mad if I drive the Toyota because she can't do that. And it's like, you know, mom, it's cold out. We can't drive the Toyota. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like your daughter and my son have a lot in common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah exactly. Uh, I need a heated seat. <laughs> exactly. So we have a guest with us today because we're like going to do a special episode. We've been teasing. Up- oh, I know. I'm so excited. So we've been teasing up this idea from the beginning that we wanted once a month or so um, to bring on people that we just think are cool. So I was going to like make like this big thing, like, cause they're super smart and they are and all those sorts of things, but really it's just people we think are cool. Um, and who are like, really have something interesting to say. And we love to have conversations with, um, and our first guest on what we are calling the recruitment marketing cocktail hour. Right. So yes. I'm hoping, I know we're recording, but it is afternoon here at least. So I mm-hmm. put a little brandy in my coffee. So I feel like that, that works. Right. Excellent. Um, we're getting, we're getting ready to go. We have Julia, Julia Levy, who is joining us. Levy, right? Like she's driving her Chevy to the levee. <laughs> yes, I got it right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry, I'm getting it wrong. I, cause you know what? I never use your last name. I just like, it's Julia. It's you're Julia. Like, you're like, Madonna. you're like Madonna. You're like one name to me. <laughs> yes. Julia. One name. Exactly. So Julia has joined us um, a little bit. So, Okay, I'm going to throw it over to you, Julia, but what I would love you to do is introduce yourself to everybody. Tell them, like, why, I mean, I can tell them why you're so cool, but tell them why you love doing what you do. And the icebreaker question for the day is, what is your cocktail of choice? This is a cocktail hour. Oh, that's an easy one. Well, I have a couple. Um, So I'm Julia Levy, and I'm the global head of talent acquisition for a company called Comscope, and I'm about a month into my new job. So it's been an exciting couple of uh, weeks um, at the company, and Comscope powers the Internet of Things, so um, all of the network infrastructure to keep our communications going. So if you uh, use a cell phone or cable TV or connect wirelessly, you're likely using our products and services. So I had to put that little plug in. But I have been pretty cool right very cool just like my last job at Fiserv that kind of powered financial services um another brand that's not a name brand that most people know but a brand that people use in their lives most days some of the products and services without knowing which is pretty cool to think about how you get your brand out to people and share the story of your brand when they don't know your brand name. So mm. that keeps me up at night sometimes, but it also makes the world 
<laughs> does it really keep you up at night or or does it like or do you like roll over and go I should worry about that and then go back to probably sleep? the latter <laughs> okay so, I mean I just want to clarify where your priorities yes. in life are I mean it, it, it's an important yes. component completely get that how about that but, keeps me yeah. energized okay. Ooh, that's I way like that. better. Exactly. Yes. It makes you get up in the morning and actually go into yes, work. Yes, that's a better way of putting it. So I rewind and start that over again. I'm energized by working for a brand that is not a name brand well-known, but a brand that everybody uses and interacts with. Um, I cut my teeth in recruiting. So I uh, spent many years as a recruiter and loved the hunt and always was trying to fix processes and fell into the operational side of things when I was at MetLife uh, back from, I was there 2004 to 2010. And during that time, I created a social media calendar and process and uh, some processes around how we engage in social media from a recruitment perspective, and also started working with talent communities way back then. Okay. Like way back then. So, right. So those were, and actually it's interesting because when, so um, a little background. So I actually got connected with Julia almost about the same time I got connected with you, Tracy, a little bit afterwards. Um, and it was because Julia, you were um, speaking and I can't remember, maybe, maybe it was at the original transform. You were speaking and you were talking about um, this conversation around brand and candidates and how it connects to communities. And it was really in the, I think the cutting edge of where we were going. And I think it makes sense because you were out there way before a lot of other people understood this is where they needed to be focused. Mm-hmm. So I'm a pioneer, I guess a pioneer. <laughs> now I have a picture of you with like a pitchaxe, pitch right? You're driving the Chevy to the levee with your pitchaxe. Well, I remember at the last transform, um, I'm forgetting the speaker's name, but he was saying that you can't be a pioneer unless you get some pushback. And that resonated with me because I feel like there's a lot of times where in our jobs as recruitment marketers, we do get a lot of pushback. So never. And I'm I think I'm good at <laughs> resolving that. Exactly. But <laughs> so you're le- you're leaning right in to where I want to go with our conversation. But I will today. <laughs> I know. But I did, but I do want to say my cocktails. So um I oh, yeah. I probably have a summer well, they're both kind of summery, but my two favorite cocktails would be a fresh margarita. And then I also love Moscow mules. Oh, that's very, that's like, you that's um, exotic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You're fancy. That's fancy. I'm like, I'm like, I'm on that basic variety. Give me a tequila sunrise any day of the week. And give me a tequila sunrise for free while I'm sitting in front of a slot machine in Vegas. See, and I'm that's why Lynn and I are secretly in love. <laughs> she speaks. I did, yeah. I know. And the drinks come faster at the craps table, just FYI. Um I'm I'm still stuck in 2000 and early 2000s. I still drink Cosmopolitans. I love them. Um, I think they're delicious. Oh, so sex, so sex in the city of you. It's like a. Oh, okay. We have a whole other episode. It's like which which of the I'm which of the girls from Sex in the City are you? But we'll do that later. I'm gonna. I have a. <laughs> Yeah, you're all of them. You're bits of you. Multiple personality syndrome. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. So the drinks are flowing. I'm hoping everybody at home is not driving during this episode. If you are, pull over at a local That's bar right. and get your Uber ready to call you when you're done. Because here's the deal. Yeah. Grab, find a safe place, grab a drink, sit down, and we're just going to shoot the shit a little bit about our top 10 things. And this is like an unofficial list because we're probably going to end up with less or more than 10. And we did not compare our list beforehand of things that all recruitment marketing organizations need to have, right? What is it that you've got to have? If you're going to be doing recruitment marketing, how do we know you're doing it? And what is it that you've got to have? 
So we're going to start with Julia with her number one because she had, was all set to go. Are you ready? Drum Good. roll. You're Your starting. Way. Drum roll. Okay, here we go. So I'm just going to say a decent website and a website where candidates can easily search for your jobs and learn about your company and see the people at your company. So videos or stories or photos with quotes, but having a website where there is a uh, transparent uh view of what it's really like to be at your company and what your company values are and uh, can showcase a little bit of your employer brand. So I'm going to, I'm going to, so tell me, it is, uh, cause I can go two directions with this. I have, for, my first thought was, yeah, I mean, absolutely. Right. You need uh, a, a career site really ends up serving oftentimes as the hub of your digital strategy. Right. And most of your, if you're going to be doing, um, even if I have no resources, which by the way is on my list someplace, um, if I have no resources, meaning people, um, if I have a career site, I can at least figure out a way to execute and drive people, drive candidates or prospects to something. And I can, I can be able to get some message and collect some information about them and hope. I mean, I'm just crazy. What? Just random yeah, thought I guess there. I could do that. Maybe collect some information about them when they visit. I don't know. Wild thinking. Right. No, I, I get it. I think what's challenging though, is that career sites in general, right, um, are going through such a shift these days as we start to understand how people actually use them. Like, are they like, I know when we first started, because we started there too, Julia, I, when we first started um, building out our recruitment marketing framework, the very first, we started by looking at rebuilding a career site. It's so funny you said us number one, because that's exactly where we started from. And the question was, what is that career site? Is it a place to uh, capture and get information about people and to give them stuff? Or is it like a brochure site? Because we started to work with our branding team and it was like, you know, how do we come up with another glossy page that talks about benefits, which we had a lot of issues. People weren't hitting it and it wasn't showing a lot of value there. So from your perspective, if it's the career site is number one, what's the value of that career site for you? What's it going to do for you? So... For me today, in my current role, the career site's been something very top of mind because the career site that we have is very basic. And being a brand that is not a brand name to most people, most candidates, um, having a career site that is easy to search and tells a little bit of our story in a compelling way and ties to people emotionally um, those are all things that I aspire to have in the coming six to eight months. And so if not sooner, but uh, I think that it just having an applicant flow and listen in most, most larger companies, mid to large size companies likely have pretty easy application processes. They may not. And if they don't, then capturing, Tracy, as you said, capturing a little bit of data on someone is very, very critical so that if they drop off, you can reconnect to them. But I think that if you can have a career site that help, really helps people opt in or opt out of your process, that's critical. And that, that ties into your job postings and the content, the content that you're providing, which is number four on my list. <laughs> <laughs> some content to actually execute with. I know exactly. No, I love this. This is great. So I, so I can get behind, I can get behind Chris. I agree with you. Some place on your list in your top 10, a recruitment marketing organization of any salt has to have a career marketing site. And I like what you just said, that the importance of that career marketing site is only increased when it, when you have an ingredient brand or a brand that may not be have name recognition to it, it is often the first and only place that if you can at least get people to it where you can tell some sort of story about who you are because they don't have a whole lot of kind of external marketing out there that's going to drive that story. I kind of, well, it's really, it's really funny because I went 
in a slightly different direction. And maybe it's this, this is indicative of who I am. I, I read it and I, I just like have 10 things that every recruitment marketing team should know or have. And I, you're focusing on the have, and I focused on the no. So this is going to go in all kinds of different directions. The one, the first one on the first one on my list is candidate empathy. I, Right. I mean, just like I, for me, that's as basic as a website. Right. And the thing that always cracks me up and we had this conversation on the pod a couple of weeks ago about our candidates consumers or are they not consumers? And I was all the comments that rolled in about that made me really realize that, um, we don't need an analogy because every single one of us has been a candidate at one time or another in our careers. And we know how bad it is. And what's amazing is that when we get in our new jobs, we forget how hard it was. And we forget the hoops that we have to jump through. And we forget all the things that were, that were painful or scary or weird. And if we could all just simply take a moment and tap into those empathetic feelings, those feelings that we had when we were a candidate, how much better could we make the entire recruitment marketing, the entire candidate experience for someone if we opened with empathy every single time? That immediately goes to this whole concept of, I mean, oh my God, it's about human beings, right? Uh, process, structure, tools, great. But it, at the end of the day, it's about human beings. You know, Julia, you, you, you riffed on this. When you talked about the career site, part of what you talked about there was the ability yeah. to tell something yep. that was emotionally compelling to people that, that hit at their heart, right? That's about understanding who they, like understanding people are driven by yep. their emotions and that's an okay. And, and I think it ties into sometimes the talent acquisition process is almost like the TV show survivor <laughs> or the hunger games at the beginning. Like, Holy shit. Somebody, somebody yep. out there needs to have, and may the odds be ever in your favor at the end of their job postings. <laughs> I'm doing it. No, I'm not. But that would be awesome. But just this, like, if somebody, I remember once I was interviewing somebody um, for a job. Now, I was hiring a recruitment coordinator, and the recruiter liked the person, but they had an offer on the table. So I left the office and drove 20 minutes and met the woman, and she was about to teach a Zumba class, but met her at a Starbucks, and she was in Zumba gear. I didn't care. Let me meet you, and if it's the right fit, I'd make her an offer the same day. And I went and met her and she was telling me about this healthcare system here in Atlanta that she interviewed with and at a coordinator level interviewed with 17 people. They made her come back. I don't even know how many times. Right. And that's what I thought of was like the hunger games or survivor. And I apologized to her for what they ended up putting her through. And she wasn't the right person. And she wasn't the right person for my job, but wow, I felt, I felt horrible for her and apologized on behalf of hiring managers everywhere. But I think it, it all ties into Tracy. I think you bring up a great point and, and it's how do you, how do you educate your recruiting team and your recruitment marketing team, but also your hiring managers and HR business partners around that concept. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's so I'm going to riff off of that one and lead into where my number one was, because it's interesting. I think it it connects to what you were just talking about and making sure everybody understands what your intent is. My number one was Mm. some sort of clarity of intent. I mean, why are you even doing the recruitment marketing in the first place? And because it's my it's a new pet peeve of mine. Right. I am really frustrated with. And I'm this is gonna sound bad for people who who are focused this way, but very branding centered um, recruitment marketing organizations who are all about pushing their brand out and getting as many leads or contacts as they can, but have no purpose for what they're gonna do with those people once they have like like there's no purpose or intent behind that. It's like, let me just, you know, I'm really good because I got more, I captured more leads, right? versus I understood how people were. I was able to make the connections to the right opportunities. I'm, I'm, pur- I'm purposely planning. I just, I think that. Okay. The comedy of that, Alin, is that my second one was a plan. <laughs> 
<laughs> Every recruitment marketing yeah, team yeah, yeah, should yeah. have or know no. the plan. I had strategy, Same. which to me, that's what I was thinking. So uh, we all have that. Same season. Exactly. There you go. Okay. Exactly. There you go, everybody. Have a plan. Ooh, okay. We're in. Okay. That should be a drinking game when we all have the same one. Yep. Okay. I'm having a okay. sip. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> She's having a sip. Great. Awesome. Okay. Okay, Julia. So we're ready. My number two is is uh, something that Tracy had done a webinar back with the uh, recruitment marketing certification program. And, and talked about candidate personas. And so I've been on the persona bandwagon ever since, which I think ties into your plan and also the clarity of intent, but creating personas around the types of people that you're looking for so that you know how to best communicate and what information to present and what motivates them and demotivates them. So nice. candidate personas was high on my list. Thanks for that shout out, Julia. That made me have all the feels. <laughs> I know. It's really good. <laughs> all the feels. I'm going to be, so I'm going to be, I'm, I swear I'm not trying to be controversial with this. Tracy knows I've been off on this like tangent on personas for like the last month. It's, it is a, um, it, it's a new pet peeve of mine. I agree with you. Okay. So as an experienced designer, I will tell you that the foundational thing that you need, right? It links to what Tracy was saying before is you have to have empathy for your customer or for who you're going to your candidate, right? You have to have, you have to understand those personas. How many times have you seen people build personas by sticking a couple of um, uh, of recruiters and, and maybe um, somebody from their branding team and maybe a hiring manager into a room and they all sit around the table and say, let's build the persona of our candidate, right? Right, which it's not, a, I mean, it's like, it's like a pseudo persona. It's like, a, this is our picture of what we think you are. And then they go and market towards it and they're surprised when it doesn't like necessarily work. I think you're absolutely right. Personas are essential. My little kick on that is if you're going to do them, then actually get input and feedback yes. and look at data about the candidates themselves to build Agreed. a persona with. <laughs> Just do the work. And if you, and, and if you don't want to do the work, you know, you can buy some. Okay. <laughs> yes. Maybe. Hashtag self I might know where you could do that at. Yeah. But one of the things when at my last job that we were looking at with a persona exercise on some of the key, like most critical roles was um, doing some focus groups with people that were high performers and not high performers and having those conversations so that you could see now there, everyone in the room isn't going to know who is one or not, but the idea was you could have a focus group of, you know, five of each and then when, you, when you're developing their persona, then you might be able to gain some insights on yes. maybe where not to look. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it becomes one lens, right? Which you're looking at the whole, you took, cause my guess is that you took that data and that information, right? And then you combined it with your insights and knowledge about where you've been successful or not successful, um, in, in finding candidates of, of that like that were right. And it started to build a full picture for you. So I'm not saying that you can't leverage internal resources to help give you some lens, yep. but it can't be your only lens. Agreed. Right. Well, I mentioned it, it's a plan, um, right? So having that plan, having that strategy together, knowing what you're going to do with it, having that intent. So it's not just, this is where we're going to vomit our jobs every day. Um, it's what are we going to do when somebody comes to us? What are we going to say? What is the narrative that we're trying to create? And is that narrative, which was a riff on my number two, is that narrative true? Every recruitment marketing team should know the truth and feel comfortable putting that truth in their plan and in their execution of their plan. Stop lying to people about the bright, sunshiny days that you have at work. It's actually work. And trust me, people applying to your jobs know that it's work. So don't BS people. Yeah. So telling the truth 
and having a plan were my merged together too. You know what I think? I think sometimes people see see the word recruitment marketer and they suddenly think they're on an episode of Mad Men. And they think their real job is like to come up with a great reason why cigarettes actually are healthy Uh -uh. for you, right? It's like, no, literally not the type of marketing we do. Back up the truth. Be authentic, be true, be real. Um, And, you know, you can drink in the office, but you're not allowed to do it where everybody else can see. That's what your bottom drawer is for. (laughs) <laughs> exactly use it <laughs> okay. so, so this kind of goes off of that one a little bit my number two was okay so I was being pragmatic and I started by mm. saying well you have to have resources meaning like actual people who are part of your recruitment marketing team I don't know how many um, organizations out there are like we were or have been in the same space where you know, we started with putting the career website together. And then, you know, there were a few of us who were kind of uh, maybe an hour or two or here from our day jobs. We're, we're going in and trying to build a strategy and a plan and a purpose. But at the end of the day, in order for this to scale, you have to have some resources, meaning people around it. The challenge, though, I've found is, is not any person will do. Um, interestingly enough, the one role where the focus is around attracting relevant candidates is often also the one role in the recruiting space where we just think a warm body will do and forget about relevance altogether. Hmm. So resources and resources who know how to do this work and who are innovators and capable and excited and energized and enough bodies to actually do it. the companies that have like 10 people in employer brand and recruitment marketing because like I just wow, I, it's amazing to me that that companies are able to put budget towards that and headcount towards that because I've never in my career I've never been in an organization that would put that many resources against it. I don't know if that's the right way to have your full headcount. And most companies and most listeners, I'm sure, are not at organizations that can support that. And so what I found to be successful, I've been able to usually repurpose a one role and then we've had interns and people in rotational programs help out with some of these things and also created committees and, and, or, um, if anyone was at transform and heard my, uh, my presentation, obviously people wear multiple hats, but also, you know, what do you borrow from marketing or from other departments if you can? But then I think the committee approach has always worked well for me because you have recruiters and people in the talent acquisition team and you're helping them build skill sets around recruitment marketing practices and you're getting multiple as lines long as you in, have an owner the game. is my only risk assessment of that. Right. So sure. you'll you'll find that when you have committees and teams, sometimes yes. Yes. Nothing gets done. There's just ideation and there, because there's no owner, there's no driver. Um, but I, I know that's not the case in your particular instance, but that's always the risk that whenever I'm working with a customer and they're like, okay, well, we're going to involve all these 20 people and they're going to be the committee and this is going to happen. It's going to be great. I'm like, okay, but who's going to be the decider? <laughs> And, you know, I also think in that mix has to be somebody who's, even if it's only one person, somebody who's, who not only owns it, but owns the primary strategy, like has uh, a vision towards what they're trying to accomplish, has the skills and capabilities to understand what needs to get done, and then can leverage resources from a variety of places to get it done. It can't be, I, I think the challenge that happens is, is that people take this approach, but they still don't have enough expertise yeah. to help guide the people that they're beg borrowing and stealing to execute with, right? Somebody has to know what they're doing it's in true. order to make that strategy work. And that's the same, by the way, if you have a team of 10 people or 50 people, I, 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 I will speak from personal experience. You can have a team of 50 people um, or 10 or 20 or whatever, and all of them not know what they're doing. That's just as bad. Right? <laughs> so like some actual resource that has knowledge and capability in this space. 
I'm skipping over and I'm going to go to, let's go, let's uh, go back to Julia. Put me on the spot. What, what do you got? Um, What's next on your list? I have data as one of my top. <gasps> oh, I had that too. That was like drink, data, data. What data do you want? All of it. What data is important I want all of the data. <laughs> Oh, good. Anything that can go on the TPS report. I actually, mine was real KPI and understanding what data matters. Right. So I think that there's a lot of data in TA today that is not necessarily recruitment marketing data. Right. So we always talk about time to fill um, and time to fill is a, is an ATA, but it's a TA metric. And I always was encouraging customers to get the time to find Um, which is a real recruitment marketing and pipeline measurement. So, you know, and yes. I think real K- I've got real KPI um, right. and I think KPI just are so different yeah. for every brand. But I mean, there's, there's basics that we should all have when it comes to recruitment marketing and KPI. Alin, you had data too? What data you want? Oh, I had data. I was all over the data. Data, um, I am not at all worried about process or performance data. I I, I am. I believe from a TA perspective, they're going to get more of that than I want anyway, and most of it's irrelevant. I am really worried about data that informs whether or not my strategy is working, particularly from a marketing perspective. It is really, I mean, as, as easy as it sounds like it should be to have, it is so hard to find really relevant good data that can tell me if the my targeting is working, my campaigns are working, if I'm getting relevant candidates into my pipeline, um, if they, you know, I'm going to assume that if I have relevant um, candidates in my pipeline who have been primed in the right way with the right messaging, they're going to be able to move them down the rest of the funnel. And I'm going to let everybody mm-hmm. else worry about that. In the recruitment marketing space, I really want to have really good marketing metrics. Those are very hard to find. And it, a part of it has to do with this whole, is this source of hire versus source of influence? And I, I have kind of do a whole spiel about it being source of influence, but uh, data, data, data to help so I'm going to give a little plug that I just saw a demo of Talentigy, and um, I was I was really impressed with the amount of data that they can show of the front end, really that marketing and branding play and efforts, and be able to track things to hire and. Um, it was like one source of data and data on steroids. There's a lot of different data points. And I think it is it is really critical. You don't want to boil the ocean with data, but really understanding the couple of metrics that are most important to you to be able to see that your marketing is working and prove the ROI on any of the tools or vendors or efforts that you're making and show and share that data with your leaders and your businesses, because I think that talent acquisition is not as good at telling the story as we could be. Basic conversion rates. So how many site visitors converted to a lead? How many site visitors converted to an application? Um, What does that look like? How many of your leads then converted after the fact, open rates, click rates, and, you know, your general marketing um, metrics around conversions, but those are all really important. And if we, if we don't know or have those, we really need to be talking, um, to, to the people who own the systems. Um, I was talking to the team at InFlight. Uh, they do a lot of, they do overlay on applications. They make better experiences for people. And we were talking about, you know, the simple application conversion calculation, Right. And and it's really interesting because in, in talking to them, they were telling me and they wrote a post about this, about, you know, how many times does somebody have to click apply now to actually apply? It's usually five or six. Right. You see it on Indeed. I click apply now. I go to your career site. I apply now. Then I go to apply now again and I get logged in and then I apply now. And every single time somebody has to click an apply now button, they're basically expressing intent and we're creating another barrier and frustration point for them. Can you endure? That goes back to the Hunger Games yeah. and Survivor. That's right. <laughs> may, the, may the odds forever be in your favor. I'm just, absolutely. 
I just think like, it would I'm be hilarious. So put, I wonder what would happen if I snuck that onto the bottom of a comms, if anybody would notice. Just for fun. It, you know, but watch it. At some point, that's the, when I finally had it or I've had way too much to drink that day, that may happen because it's really good. Okay. So, <laughs> sorry. Yes. The other one. I... So data, 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 data. You know, I, I work of with, um, you guys know Tyler, right? Um, yeah, the Tyler. Um, you know, he's been really on this kick when he thinks about data around, because um, he's a data guy, but how do we measure? So we're putting all of these, we're, I was getting ready to say my next on my list was tools and technology, right? Because I think that's actually a critical component of what we can do successfully with recruitment marketing today especially when we're highly resource constrained, right? I don't have enough people to execute what I need to have. And so I'm going to always have to have some sort of technology that's going to either amplify the work that the humans are doing or is going to actually automate that work. And he often talks to me about the idea that I need to be thinking really strategically about how I'm getting data about how those robots are actually performing, right? So not just data that tells me how is my marketing working, but data that tells me what are the conversion rates of these tactics and tools that I'm using? Um, how well are they creating the experiences that we're looking for? Um, if I'm going to collect data on how successful the human was in executing a marketing campaign and the relevancy that they pulled from that, I have to be looking at the same data if a robot's doing that um, and the robots meaning just technology in general is doing that in its stead right? How do I translate the data I look at for the effectiveness of my tools to look the same as the data that I look at to the effectiveness of my people so I can look at it side by side? Know that tech will not make it better alone. Just because you have tech does not mean you're going to be good at it. It means that you have to use the tech. So don't just buy the tech, use the tech. Favorite line? Right, Faster. Mr. Sackett, yes. we'll give him a call out here. If the um, good technology will only, if you suck, it'll only make you suck better, faster. What is it? Faster, right? That's true, right? Maybe. I have to say, I've been oh, completely on another rant here, guys. I have been contemplating, is it so hard to upskill people that maybe, maybe we're finally hitting the tipping point where I can get tech and really strong algorithms in my tech to do marketing-based work, and I'd better spend my time training the tech no. because the people won't learn. No, I do not think you've gone off the deep end. Is that like? Is that like really? Um, have I gone off the deep end? I think that I think that it's just hard to get people to use it when they don't have a voice in what there's what is bought. I'm starting to think I was going to buy more tech and less people. Or is it a, is it a different type of person that you need? Mm. The tech. No, We've been drinking. I know, completely off on my liking. Okay. <laughs> I know, completely. My number three, I don't even know if we're on number three or four. It doesn't matter. We've been drinking. You need to have, I think, a pipeline management plan. This goes back to my number one, my number two, my number three. It's like it's all over the place here. Great that you marketed and captured all these people and you have all these leads and, and you, right? Um, but remember, if you capture 99, only one's going to get hired. What are you doing with the other 98? And how are you managing your relationship with them? You have to have an infrastructure to manage your pipeline. So that could be, I don't care how you do it, on um, like really fancy Excel spreadsheet. It could be in a CRM function system. However you manage them and, and house them, you have to have that. And then you have to have a way to store so it's your infinity and loop. them. That, yeah. I think you have to have it. Yeah. Two black holes. You have to have a way I to said manage that too, those relationships. I was talking to a customer a couple of years ago. I was like, okay, so you've had this, you've had the CRM going for six to eight months now. Do you know you have a second black hole now? Oh. Yeah, you have to have a it goes back to my have a plan and candidate empathy. <laughs> we have that. Yep, I have that right now on our career site. It says join our talent community. 
I am I'm getting ready to hire a recruitment marketer so we can do some nurturing <laughs> pipeline management and uh, silver medalists and whatnot. So I'm excited. Right. Right. I think, right. I think fundamentally the law should be, I'm not, it's not even just a rule. It's a law. The law should be, if you captured them, like if you marketed some and you went out there and found them and you captured them, you now own that relationship. So what are you doing? Is is it good enough for you to just throw them into a database and let them die there and wither away into nothingness and no value? What what'd you spend all your time and money for? Yeah, I I agree with that one a hundred percent. And I have that's on my list as well. Communication is a two way street, right? So don't collect the information and don't don't collect the information without responding, right? We've talked about this before, Lynn. If if you just want to get, 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 then you're a sociopath. Um, so building a relationship is a two-way street. It's You've got to communicate. It's got to go both ways, and it can't be one simple way. of the things on my list are now nice to have. So what do you, what else, what are you have? Like, let's say you're going to give this like two more, Julia, what are the, what are the, everything else you've said, the two other things that we, you, we have to have? Well, I probably have three. So, well, we talked kind of about one of them, which is just the user experience. And I think in anything that you do, mm, you should be paying attention ones. to the user experience. Um, but I would say video and social advocacy. Oh, okay. Ah. So now you got to tell me why video is so important because I'm so late to the I, I think that using video and whether it's on your career site or in social posts or in some way can, especially authentic video, I think there's a time and place for the really highly produced brand focused video, but a short video. So I'll use personal experience. I, um, Alex Brown, who was my recruitment marketing manager at Fiserv, left me. I'm still still not over that, um, although I left Fiserv, so I <laughs> guess we're both gone now. But Alex um, left, and I was right as I was going to transform, and I did a quick little video using All True and um, posted it on my LinkedIn and just said, um, you know, I, I put a post-it note on my name tag and said, I'm hiring, ask me about it. And I got 17,000 views in like a week and a half and the best applicant pool that I've probably ever seen from just qualified, ready people based on a 30-second video and a well-written job post. And I think what candidate doesn't want to see a 30-second video of the person that's the hiring manager or someone that they'd be working with? And there's several vendors out there that do video stories. Um, Maury at oh, video um, my job. Spark We've got a good one too. as well. So there's uh, several vendors that that do videos. I know I'm not naming them all, but having yeah. Mm-hmm. So and and you don't even need that. Get a ring light and a microphone attached to your phone, and you can do you know some. And, and there's a guy at a uh, new guy at Fiserv who was at the first data side. He's one of the campus recruiters, James, and he does a whole bunch of great little video clips that get a lot of engagement and tell that authentic story of the company. And I think that that's important and anyone can do it very low tech, or if you have lots of budget, you can do it a little higher tech. Um, you just want to be careful and mindful that you're not doing anything that's against your brand or maybe a little out of line and, and keep it professional. But I think it's, it's something that's important to use at least a little bit or experiment with it. Do you find, so, so you've been working with this for a while and you've been, you've been leveraging the, the, the video capabilities. Did you find that it's hard to get, um, others to shoot videos like can, are your hiring managers actively participating with this if i serve i was involved? not able to roll it out in the way that i wanted to and i'm too new at comscope 
yet. Um, but I think that some people are more naturally inclined than others. So I don't think it's something you're going to require of every hiring manager. Um, some recruiters may be more apt to say, I'm Julia and I'm a recruiter at Comscope or whatever company, right? And I'm hiring a software engineer and I need someone mm-hmm. that knows Java and here's, you know, three years experience and apply now or get in touch with me on LinkedIn, whatever it may be. It can be that quick and simple yeah. of a recruiter or a hiring manager. And, and listen, not everyone feels comfortable in front of the camera and you might have someone looking down a little more than maybe you're, you'd like, but it's still authentic and real. Well, right. And they're, they're, and I think that's the biggest challenge is letting people feel like it's okay. It, it doesn't have to be this highly produced thing that gets executed out there. And the brand isn't going to fall apart if forgot instead of a blue one. Depends on the company. I agree with you, but not all marketing will agree with that. <laughs> I know. That's why it's right. Social advocacy. How can you get your employees social? How can you get them to share brand-safe content? And there's there are tools out there. There's low-tech. You can send an, do an email blast to people or post brand-safe messaging that people can copy and paste and put on their personal Twitters or Instagrams or whatever it may be, LinkedIn. Uh, there's different ways depending on your budget and your size of company. I've used LinkedIn Elevate's tool in the past because when when we talk about user experience, yeah, we, and we used it for HR, but most people have, professionals have LinkedIn profiles. And so they know that ecosystem, it's one less place where someone has to log into. Um, I have another customer right now who's using Pager. Um, it used to be called Content App. Great team over there as well. So there's, again, there's high-tech ways to do it. There's low-tech ways to do it. Um, but it is incredibly powerful. So I, I would agree with that, Julia. While it was not on my list, again, I took my list in a different direction. Um, I wholeheartedly support and endorse your list so far. I mean, it's a really solid list of every recruitment marketing function should have a great website, should have pipeline management, some way to communicate with our leads and applicants and, you know, video, holy smokes, it works. I mean, your case, your personal case study alone is indicative of what it means to see who your hiring manager might be makes a difference. You had to take it down. I had to take mine down, but the uh, recruiter anecdotally told me that was the most, and he usually gets pretty decent engagement. That was the most engagement he had gotten on a post. See, that's the thing. That's the thing. That's a, so you, (laughs) okay. This is my issue with, with, with video and particularly in enterprise organizations, right? I completely agree with you. We can see there's so much anecdotal evidence out there that shows that when you do raw, authentic, I love that term, brand safe. That sounds like it should be like a, a special brand safe, right? Okay. Um, content out there that people get huge, um, get huge response to that, right? And and they've seen, it. but a time and time again, I keep hearing these stories of people who are saying, "Yeah, I did it, and I got all this great response," and then I was forced to pull it down. It's like it's like we all know it works. We all know that it's important to do, but we can't get past these branding Nazis who won't let us. So I think it depends on the company and the brand, right? Yes. Um, but uh, I'm going to put a plug in for another company that I have not worked with. But I think that, um, and that's Skill Scout. And they have a little like kit. And so you could use a kit or a company like Skill Scout or create your own little kit with your global brand or marketing team. And so if you can bring them to the table to say, here's how we want to do it, and maybe you set up stations that have like, so you make it semi-professional, right? The little ring light and a microphone, and how can you put together your project plan in a way that you have this little like repeatable way to do it, and then pilot it build out the case of here's how we're going to do it in a safe way that brand is aligned to, 
and then kind of go from there. Then you can grow it and build it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it takes time, right? It's kind of interesting because the next things on my list, the things that I were was dropping off my list about you have to have partnerships. In the recruitment marketing space, you are not going to live on an island. You need a partnership that goes a direction towards your branding and your uh, consumer marketing team. They're, they are they will either make you or break you, which is what we were just kind of talking about there. Like, how do you build that that bridge so they can partner with you as you start to build out these new capabilities and tools? And you need a partnership going the opposite direction with your recruiters and sourcers who are leveraging and accessing this pipeline of talent so that they understand that that talent is there and that you have a good dialogue around how that talent's getting utilized and right because otherwise the other thing that constantly happens is recruitment marketing teams um, live in this state of constant um, thrashing from their recruiting partners who tell them that their pipeline isn't relevant or I need more of x and you didn't find them or I don't like who you got or right there has to be this kind of constant dialogue I feel like recruitment marketing teams are a lot like middle managers in 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 the hierarchy of um, of how businesses operate, they get they get like bashed by one side. Managers get bashed by employees and their leadership team, and they have to make everybody happy. And recruitment marketers get bashed on both sides. They get bashed by their branding partners and their consumer um, brand partners on one side and by recruiters and sources on the other side who are coming at them. And their job is just to navigate all of those challenges that are occurring. And partnership is going to be critical for them to do that. So that's my like riff off of that. I think you are absolutely right. In order to make video or any of these other things work, you have to build a set of partnerships. And some partnerships are are easier to uh, handle (laughs) than others. Of course they are, because you know some people. <laughs> some people, yeah. Which is so why I have a couple I'll more. Need another and drink. One of them is, you know, we all need to know that the candidates literally know nothing about what's going on. They know nothing. We are very close to this. We know everything. They know nothing. So for me, every recruitment marketing team should be communicating, telling candidates what's going on, getting it on their website, telling people about your hiring process, telling them about what's actually going on in real time, giving them feedback because they know nothing and kind of dovetailing with that. They don't, candidates don't care about us. So nobody wakes up in the morning and says, holy smokes, what's Julia or Lynn hiring for today? Nobody cares. They're spending 100% less time thinking about us than we want them to. So Nobody cares about us. We have to make them care and they're not going to care until we care about them. And my last one is if you are putting something on the internet, whether it's social, email, website, anywhere, and you want somebody to click on it, read it again and see if you would click on it. Because if you wouldn't click on it, they won't click on it and start again. So those are my three. (laughs) No. Right. If you read that and you're like, oh, I would never click on that. Guess what? Start over. Yeah. I love that one. That, that last one. Nobody wakes up thinking about that. So they don't care about us. And you have to care about them for them to care about you. And the way that you can do that is making sure that you would actually care about it first. Okay. Off my soapbox. Soapbox. Because I love how you team me up every single time. Lands me right on where my last one was. It's actually a a two-parter. So one, right? You need to be able to have a sense of humor and not take yourself too seriously, right? This is, you know, again, nobody died in the making of your life lesson. I swear, right? Life lesson, right there. Nobody's dead. On the flip side, lighten up, lighten up. But on the flip side. Remember, these are humans that we are engaging with and talk. You have to care at some level. You have to care about what's happening to the people on the other end of your messaging. Like you have to, it comes through in everything that you do and what you push out there to the market to grab them in and how you engage with them while you're managing the pipeline and how you share them with your recruit. You have to essentially, I think, to be really good at this business in recruitment marketing, you have to care and have 
a reason for why you're doing this. It's bigger than um, because you get a paycheck every day. You have to you have to want to Fair help enough. people at some level and, and want to make connections for people. And 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 if you don't do that, it won't show in what you do. You'll look like you'll look like it's a robot who produced it out there, at which point I might as well hire the robot to do it. Okay, that was good. I wonder what everybody else is. I wonder if, do you guys feel like we missed anything? Put it in the comments of all the posts, the shares that we, uh, when we share this uh, podcast. I'm at Recruiting Julia, Recruiting Julia or Julia Levy on LinkedIn. Yeah, you really should be following Julia. If you're not following Julia, yeah. then you're really not serious. <laughs> I'm saying. Yes. Hey. The bar is closing. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> the bar. This is this is what happens. It's a combination of two things. This is what happens when I start working mm-hmm. at four a.m. in the morning, and I've been in like mind-numbing, stupid meetings all day until I get to have this wonderful conversation. And as I sat down, I got to pour a drink to start having this conversation. You put those all three of those things together. This is what happens. So, okay, at Recruiting Julia on Twitter, um, at Alin Bailey and at T Parsons. You got to tell us what you think, guys. Um, what, will you add, what would you add or change or et cetera? And I'm hoping everybody really liked this format and this idea for us to, to bring people together and once a, once a month do our cocktail hour with people we think are super cool. It is not by mistake that Miss Julia Levy was the first person we brought on to the Recruitment Marketing Rebelcast Cocktail Hour. We started with the coolest. I was having a lot of FOMO when you guys started this that I wasn't part of the uh, part of the uh, team, but I am Team Alyn and Team Tracy. You're welcome. I We're couldn't agree Julia. more. We're all I was actually tweeting that during our our podcast that that you know this is this is the highlight of my week. So I appreciate you guys. Thanks for being with us, Julia. This is the best hour of my week. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, that's it. We have another one all recorded and set up and ready to release to all of you. I am so glad that Julia Levy chose to join us today for our very first recruitment marketing cocktail hour. We're going to do this once a month. If you'd like to join us on an upcoming episode, uh, ping us. Let us know. You can reach um, Julia at, at Recruiting Julia. Um, you can reach me at Alyn Bailey, or you can reach Tracy at, at T Parsons. Um, tell us what you think are the most important things recruitment marketing teams need to have in order to be successful. We had a great time this week. I really enjoyed my brandy and my coffee. It was really awesome. I'm going to go finish it now. I hope the rest of you have a fabulous rest of your day. And remember, as we keep saying, have a mission, a purpose, a goal, but remember why you're doing this in the first place. It's about the people, everybody. Enjoy connecting with them and help them connect to great opportunities. Have a great day.
The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to The Jim Stroud Podcast.